0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Wilson Podcast. You can email the show at weeklywilsonpod at gmail.com. I am your host, Brian Wilson. And I'm your host, Jay Wilson. This week on the Weekly Wilson, we preview slash post-view the World Track Championships. Now, I know what you're thinking, these two running nerds are going to make me listen about something that's dumb and stupid, and I hate it. Um, But just hear us out. We tried, the goal of this episode was to give you some of the storylines and the fun things to watch for at the World Track Championships, which, if you've never seen them, are essentially just the Olympics, but only the track part, which, in my opinion, is what a lot of people think is the coolest. So, hear us out, hear some storylines, let us know if you like it. Please, please, please enjoy. I think we should, did we tell them how to watch if they want to? It's on NBC, right? Yeah, just like NBC Sports, if you can, Peacock, if you have that, and then if not, just YouTube after it happens. All right, Brian, so what are we doing here today? Today we're forcing our interests and opinions down other people's throats. What's a podcast for? And this was your idea. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This was your idea, so I hope you're proud. I am proud. I think it's the goal, okay, the goal of the episode is to make it mainstream enjoyable, which, in my opinion, okay, is what a, all good podcasters' jobs are, I suppose, but like, I don't know, you and I listen to a running podcast, it's... but we don't listen to a bunch of running media, we listen to one running podcast, and it's mostly because the hosts are fun. It's like, it doesn't yeah, they, necessarily... They were actually quite... <laughs> Sorry. They were actually quite astonished to learn that I... Uh... It's the only running media that I actually pay attention to. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah. Like, unless they talk about something, I don't know what happened. And yeah. I think it actually happened recently that they missed a week. Yeah, they missed a week, right around uh, U.S. uh like, what is it? U.S. champs. So yeah. like qualifiers for worlds. Mm-hmm. They missed a week right around there. So I was just completely unaware that U.S. championships were happening because they didn't. I they didn't have them to tell me. Yeah. So it's, I think it's like a, I don't know, subject matter guides what podcasts you find, but then I think what more strongly dictates what you enjoy consuming is the delivery or the hosts. So I think that it doesn't matter that we're talking about running this episode as long as we do it the way we normally do. But that being said, the goal is to make running sort of, I don't know, give a window into why we like consuming it, I suppose. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure people haven't been listening to our podcast for the content thus far. I yeah. think it's just because they either like us or feel bad for us. <laughs> but yeah, I do think it's the responsibility of a podcast to or really the beauty of a podcast to uh make people interested in things they weren't interested in before. Yeah. I think that's one of the things you can do. So, on today's episode, basically, you know, when Olympics roll around, a lot of people get excited about track and field because it honestly is very fun to watch it's just pretty difficult to watch because it's not everywhere all the time you know it's like usually on nbc a lot of times at weird times because it's a global sport but we were thinking that a lot of people probably don't know that essentially every other year so when you look at the olympic cycle Um, Olympics are one every four years, right? So people are just like, oh, sucks for these track and field athletes. They only get to do this one every four years. Well, what people don't know is that every other year, they do a world track championships, which is basically everything that happens track and field at the Olympics, but just that and nothing else. So in a set of four years, it goes off year, world track champs, Olympics, world track champs, and then off year again. And a lot of people don't know that these are happening. Yeah. Yeah, just so the uh the Olympics are on a four-year cycle, the World Championships happen on every odd year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's how the cycle works. And we're actually in a really cool uh well, I mean, cool result, bad cause, but because COVID delayed the Olympics one year, we have a set of what is it five years in a row where we have global five track years. championships. Yeah, so cool stuff going on there, but. We're right smack dab in the middle of World Track Championships right now, so by the time this comes out, I think it'll be like day five or six, but they go on for like ten days. So you can still catch a lot of good uh, events if you are intrigued by what we talk about today, but we just kind of wanted to give some context as far as like the athletes, the storylines that are going on, get people excited, because for all the track fans out there, the World Track Championships are just as exciting, and just as high stakes. Um, it's just not really talked about as much. And I think a big reason right. that you and I get so excited about it is because we like quasi-follow the athletes all year, so we know what's like what the build-up is. And it's just that much more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's what I think the best part about most sports is, is the storylines and following specific athletes or teams that you really like. And I feel like that's when you that's track in a nutshell is like all you have to follow is an athlete that you like or don't like and the storyline behind them yeah so it's like say what you will but the competitions aren't very like long or i mean they can be strategic but they're not like strategic or like i don't know it's a quick thing so it's not as much about the event you can get a lot more from the storyline and the rivalries and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so all of that being said to try to get people more interested in the tr- the sport that we enjoy and consume on a regular basis, we have um, the start lists, so that's everybody that's going to be racing in all of the races at World Championships this year, and we're just going to go through and kind of have an open every dialogue about, <laughs> yeah, we're going to go through every athlete's name, country of origin, birthday, season best, and lifetime best, yes. and then do a 30-second dive on their entire life story that led them to this moment yeah um but more realistically we'll probably just talk broad strokes about each event who's in it what the storylines are why it's interesting maybe why it's not interesting yeah so and like be forewarned we don't even know that much like there's so much going on that we don't know so we we truly have like maybe one or two steps in to track insider like scope of what's going on in these events but what do we want to start with? What do we got here? The the 100 meters? Yeah, I'm just going to scroll through this 44-page PDF and just take it as it comes. Yeah, And here's the thing. Um, so also, some of, these events, some of these events have already transpired. Yeah. I have watched none of them. Jay has been plugged into it, so he might be telling me what happened, and I'll be like, wow! Yeah. Do you want me to tell you, or do, do, do you it. want to just build it up like nobody knows? Just but... lay it on me. I always, okay. I always tell myself I want to watch these things and like, I don't know, catch up, but I never do. So I think this yeah. is as good as any place for you to break the news to me. All right. Cool. Well, spoiler alert: if you're planning on watching some of these events, but we can, I'll, we can build it up before I reveal to you what actually happened if I already saw it. But so Ooh, yeah, yeah, I like that. I like yeah. that. So the men's hundred meters. What's the story, Brian? Have you been following closely? The story here is that there is no clear winner. So we're in the post-Bolt era. That was great. He was cool. But since him, there hasn't really been one person to kind of take center stage and be like, I'm the dominant best person. So it's kind of fun in the way that it's just wide open. Like, you don't know who's going to win. We had Christian Coleman. Sorry. He He recently or I guess not recently, it was years ago, Christian Coleman, he seemed like he was going to be the guy after Bolt. He has a mm-hmm. crazy fast start, and he was crushing everybody for a year. Then he got uh, suspended, not for failing drug tests, but for missing a bunch of drug tests. Yeah, so, so like, uh, everyone's kind of suspicious not confirmed of that He's dirty, but yeah, so it kind of turned everyone off of Christian Coleman, or a lot of people off of Christian Coleman, but he was suspended out for a while, so now he's coming back. Yeah. and he's just not nearly as dominant as he was i th- i don't know what he did in his time off probably stopped it taking kind of, the it hideous. seems like it kind of set him back <laughs> no um, yeah. but in the meantime
1: in the in meantime, the meantime okay. here, but
0: also like yeah so we say that there's no clear winner and that's not even like a high bar cuz usually it's like there's like 3 to 5 people that you could see getting medals or winning and this time like if you look at the times and just like the vibe of the event like 8 to 10 people could win and there's only gets to be eight in the final because mm-hmm. they, they run three rounds to, yeah. of qualifiers. So mm-hmm. nobody has any idea what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to continue on in my, uh my what do you call it? My dissertation on the men's Deposition. 100. So you had Christian Coleman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at the Olympics. No, Fred Curley won the Olympics, right? So yeah, before so- that. Before Fred Curley won, you had this random Italian guy came out of nowhere and won the world championships, and he yeah. since has, like, faded into nothing. Then at the Olympics last year, um, Fred Curley, this world U.S. guy, he was year. originally a for- Oh, it was world championships. Okay, yeah, so the Italian guy won the Olympics. Yes. Which just completely threw everyone off, because he came out of nowhere, and then since then has been, like, not impressive at all. Mm-hmm. So that's weird. And then you have Fred Curley, another U.S. guy, who he was originally a 400-meter runner, decided mm-hmm. he was going to switch to the 100, which, in, if, if you know anything about track, like, extremely different races. Yeah, like Different so, kinds of fitness to have. Yeah, and he also... So everyone was like, Fred, what are you doing? out of the 400. Why are you doing this? <laughs> he switched out of the 400 at a time when his biggest competition also pulled out of the 400. Like, he was hurt. And everyone's just like, oh, Fred Curley's going to win the 400 this year. And then he said, no, guys, I'm not doing it either. I'm running the 100. And everyone was just like, what the hell's going yeah, on? Yeah, he's like, I'm going to go to the 100 where it's like everyone's evenly matched and no one knows who's going to win. So yeah. everyone was like, you're an idiot. Then he proceeds to win the 100 at World Championships. And everyone was yeah. like, that's amazing. Also, I, ju- I recently learned that Fred Curley, um, like, lives in Florida by himself and, like, grows vegetables and like a lot of his food in his own backyard and is coached remotely so his coach just like sends him workouts and he goes and does them by himself wow. so I'm like Fred Curley's an interesting dude no yeah I like, have to say really that, cool. Like... I really like him as a person and an athlete yeah out of all the 100 meter um, so runners he's the defending champion that um he like he's the defending champion this year <laughs> our our lag right now <laughs> is really bad so that's why we keep talking <laughs> over each other yeah um but Fred Curley has always been vibe wise my favorite sprinter. Well, I say always since he switched to the hundred and like mm-hmm. started doing that thing and like he kind of became more known. I was like, man, Fred Curley's the freaking best because Christian Coleman he missed all the tests. He's always just kind of been like more of like a serious like hardo about running, and I never really appreciated that. And he and he looks like a thumb. <laughs> yeah, but then Fred Curley is just like this. First of all, he's like a giant person. But also he's just like so like quiet and nice, and then also he does like the growing vegetables and remote coaching. He's just like a cool guy, and I just love seeing him succeed. Also, this year in the hundred, you have another U.S. guy, Noah Lyles, who we'll talk more about him in the two hundred. But he's kind of like the big thing in U.S. sprinting right now. He's a two hundred guy, but he's doubling into the hundred this year, so that that'll be cool. Uh, yeah. So the cool thing about him. Too is that basically about the time that Christian Coleman was rising to like uh, prominence, it was when Noah Lyles was like tearing it up. Like, he was so good at the 200 meters that everyone was like, it's a foregone conclusion that Noah is going to win the 200. And he's so good at the 100 too that we think he could beat Christian Coleman. He should double. And then he was kind of rivaling Christian Coleman in the 100 that one season. I think it was 2019. But then. He decided not to double, and then I think he got second in the 200 that year. Like, he was having, like, mental issues, like, confidence issues, and just, like, not really in the right headspace, but then this year, he's just been on an absolute tear in the 200, and then he's been, like, he's been floating in that, like, top 10-ish people zone for the 100, which everyone's just kind of like, okay, Noah Lyles has a lot of confidence this year, and he's, like, doing a lot better that way, but... We have no idea what that's going to translate into because literally any of these 10 or 15 guys could make something happen here. So that was kind of... He was like kind of... He was like the... What was it? Prodigal? Prodigal? I think prodigal. He was like the prodigal son of sprinting a while back, but then it didn't come together. And now he's kind of like clawing his way back on his own. So it's he's just... And he's a huge personality. He like screams on the line all the time. He's just really fun to watch. Yeah, you've probably seen a lot of like pictures of him like there's a really good picture of him tearing his jersey off after he broke the American record in the 200 last year um there's a good picture of him like pointing at one of his rivals as he they were crossing the finish line which uh I guess this is a good segue to just go into the men's 200 mm-hmm. um so you have Noah Lyles who we just talked about and then the other really interesting person in the 200 is uh Arian Knighton who he's also run crazy fast times um what is it his i guess times won't mean much to people here but his uh, uh his pr is 1949 which very few people get under like nineteen seven. would you say mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's down at 1949 so he's crazy good and he's super young i think he's only like 18 or 19 so he's yeah. kind of like the the young guy coming up, even though Noah Lyles is still not even that old coming up. So Noah Lyles and Arian Knighton have this like really cool rivalry. But then you also see clips of them like sitting in the ice tub together. It's like a friendly rivalry, so it's really fun to follow and watch. Um, yeah. So all these guys are generally like pretty jovial. Like Noah Lyles is a big personality, but they're all still friends. But um, going back to the 100 because a lot of people run both so well not a lot but there were some missed storylines in the 100 that i wanted to catch you up on real quick Zarnell hughes of great britain he's like really really good um he false starts in all the championships so he gets like he's gotten disqualified a lot historically but he's like great britain's big hope and great britain loves track and field so he's like really really popular there so everyone's really excited to see what he does because he like usually false starts but he's been especially good this year um and then the other one that I wanted to bring up was uh cravant charleston um or cravant charleston um did you hear anything about him brian? nothing so he is also like self trained I think he didn't have a sponsor, and like he was kind of went away from track for a while maybe i'm I'm not very specific on it, but basically he showed up to u s champs he do- he didn't have a sponsor, but then he made it to the final and then he won u s champs this year, so in qualifying for the 100-meter team, he was the best in the U.S. And, like, Noah Lyles wow. barely, like, dived at the line. Not literally dope, but, like, leaned at the line for the third spot. So, Noah Lyles barely made on. And then this one guy who's just, like, unsponsored takes it. That's pretty cool. That's, that's a fun storyline, too. And it's awesome because, like, he... I don't know. You have Noah Lyles barely squeaked on the team, could win. And then you have this guy who's kind of out of nowhere, wins U.S. champs, and he could also win a gold medal. So, yeah. That's pretty cool. At this point, do you want to also talk about the women's side? That's what I was going to say. Like, we should... After we did the 200, I was going to say, let's move on to the women's. So, the women's side, I don't know nearly as much about. Um, I know... Well, I guess for both of them you have like a jamaican powerhouse and then a few really good u.s people so you mm-hmm. have shelly ann fraser price um i can never remember the other people's names uh, sharika jackson she's from jamaica right yeah uh sharika jackson might be from the bahamas um i can't find the men okay. they're the women's uh hundred meters i think it's probably like about halfway through this document oh okay Anyhow, that's why I was like, if we want to do women, we're going to have to keep scrolling back and forth. So do we want to do all the men and then all the women or um, do you want to just talk about it from memory? I mean, I'm at women. I'll just do two tabs. and then All right. Have if you're on if each. you're there, then you can talk about it. Yeah. Brilliant. Anyways. um, So, yeah, Sharika Jackson is of Jamaica. Um, She's really, really good. Uh, the only other real big uh oh wait there's a there's good storylines everywhere tracks amazing um so Ann yeah. Fraser price she um was it born in 86 how how old does that make her uh, 24 96 06 16 uh, i wasn't know, guessing 24s. 20, 28 i think right 86 <laughs> yeah she's 86 years old so 38 um, no. 14 no, plus No, she was born in 86, so she's... 37. 30. Yeah. 37 or 38, yeah. 37. So basically, it's rare to be outside your 20s and be good at sprinting, but she's been like the best in the world for like a lot of her 30s too. So like, it's pretty insane. She's been a household name for several Olympic cycles, which is rare. Mm-hmm. And also, she like... She just like kids. Two, yeah, two seasons ago, she was like rewriting the all-time list for uh, 100-meter performances for the women. Like, running... Basically, if you run under 107, everyone just like stops no matter what point in the season. If you run under 107, they're just like, "Oh wow, this woman just crushed it. She might win this year's championships." Like, that's kind of the line where it's just like, "Oh, this person's a medal threat for the for a global championship." Um and honestly, times are weird because it fluctuates season to season, so like sometimes like a 108 could win a championship, but you never know. Anyhow, so she's like kind of an aging athlete. This might be like one of her last cycles, but it, she's still like really good. So it's cool to watch her. Um, Sharika Jackson is also very, very good. So she's always fun to watch. But then Shakari Richardson. Shakari Richardson. Um, a lot of people probably know her name because she mm-hmm. kind of blew up headlines a while ago. Um, she had uh, one season where she was really tearing off a bunch of really fast times, but then she. I think she did she win US champs I think she did. Yeah. Yeah. So she won US championships and then tested positive on her drug screening afterwards for weed which is was, was very controversial because usually they're testing for like performance enhancing drugs like steroids and like um HGH and stuff like that. But they don't really care about like weed because it's not a performance enhancer but it is against the rules and track so people were kind of having debates over, over like the rules dumb but the rule is the rule and stuff like that but basically she got disqualified from being able to compete and yeah this was the olympics she got suspended from the olympics during the olympics because yeah. of this drug test that's yes. why it was it was also like on the biggest stage that's why it became such a big deal yes yeah, so that was 2021 20, But it was technically the 2020 Olympics. So then she didn't compete there. Then 2022, we're all just like, oh, what's Sha'Carri Richardson gonna do? Then she has just, like, a really, like, mediocre season and doesn't really put up any fast times and everyone's like, what's going on with Sha'Carri Richardson? Then... Sorry. Also, uh, her suspension during the Olympics was only for, like, a week or two. So she literally only couldn't run in the Olympics. So then, after... The funny thing about track is that the Olympics and the World Championships are in the middle of the season, so there's still some really big races after that, too. So, she did get a chance after the Olympics, then, to race, essentially, the podium. She raced Shelly Ann Fraser price um, Elaine Thompson-Hurrah, and Sharika Jackson at another Diamond League meet, and just got blown out, like, did terrible. Mm -hmm. So, everyone was like, okay, like, end of story. We don't care about her anymore. And then, yeah, yeah, she had her mediocre season and then so yeah continue then she had her mediocre season in 2022 and then she didn't even qualify for the u.s team for those championships so that Mm -hmm. was my, i think those that was the one that we went to yeah um i was in oregon but then coming into this year she was just starting to rip off some pretty good times so everybody was wondering like oh is she back and then yeah she shows up to u.s champs and she like destroys u.s champs and then qualifies for the team to go to worlds so we're all really excited to see what she does too because now she's like ripping off times that are like right around what shelly ann fraser price and sharika jackson have been doing all season and to be honest shelly ann fraser price hasn't been quite as fast as she was the last two years so we don't know what's going to happen there either mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is one of those races that has already happened at this point right yes
1: Oh, wait, yeah. So So, The men's 100 and the women's 100 have already happened.
0: Yeah, so spoiler alerts if you want to go watch them on your own to hear the conclusions. Or conclusions, at least this next uh, plot point in the Mm -hmm. storylines. But, Jay, uh, what happened? And here's the tip, actually. If you want to go and watch these after I've built the suspense, but before I say what happened, um, get somebody else to Google it for you, or to look it up on YouTube. Like world track championships 2023 men's 100 meter women's 100 meters final and then have them start the video for you because a lot of times the title tells you who wins and that's really upsetting so if you want to do that do that but anyhow um oh and tell them the title will be like noah lyle's breaks world record and wins gold (laughs) medal in world championships 100 and you're like okay well thanks (laughs) but uh but also make sure you click on the NBC sports video because World Athletics will do videos that aren't as good. But anyhow, so, Brian, the men's 100 meter. Um, yeah. Fred Curley. Who made the final? Fred Curley didn't make the final. What? Which is wild because Come he's been on, the Fred. only person who was really consistent. Like, if you had to bet on somebody out of the 10, yeah. you would have bet on Fred Curley to be mm-hmm. on the podium. Um, For sure. No, no yeah. So then, basically... uh. Everyone gets off to a good start, start list. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Christian there's the Coleman. <laughs> Yeah. Christian Coleman obviously got out to a great start. He's like the undisputed world championship at the 60 meter for like a billion years. Mm-hmm. Um, but Noah Lyles wasn't too far behind at the start. So then mm-hmm. he just claws his way back into it and like ducks at the line to get the gold. Noah Lyles does. Yeah, he was oh, losing. crap! It, man. I just said that as my I just said that as my example, but I didn't know that he actually won. <laughs> no, yeah, he went like nine eighty three or something. So he ran a personal or 986 maybe. I don't know. It was a personal best for him. Uh huh. And then yeah, he okay. got the gold, which I I didn't really I was hoping for it, and he seemed so confident that I was just like maybe he can do it, but I was just so excited for him. Yeah, because he's a two hundred. Yeah, I always guy. want him to win. But I never really expect him to win the hundred, so that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So and then Coleman got silver. Um, I'm not sure. I forget. I think Coleman medaled too, and then I forget who got the third medal. Okay. But that was that was the big no U.S. sweep though. I don't think so, because there were a lot of characters that weren't there who okay. usually are like a uh, Kenny Bignaric and um, yeah. Oh, uh, what about uh, a Rogers from Kenya. Omenyala um. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I could. He's the Kenyan yeah. sprinter, and we don't have to go into it. Yeah, and then has the two hundred happened yet? Um, no, the two hundred hasn't happened yet, to my knowledge. Um, okay, but what is going on here? Um. All right, and then what happened on yeah. the women's side? Yeah. So on the women's side, um. So, the classics made it to the final. You know, um. Sharika Jackson and Shelly Ann Fraser-Price. Um, Elaine Thompson, hurrah, wasn't competing. I think she was injured or something. Um, okay. But weirdly, she's only good on the Olympic years, which nobody can really explain. But, yeah. Um, but anyhow. So they were there. I didn't really know of any of the other cast of characters, but um, apparently... Shakari Richardson like had a good uh semifinals, maybe I don't know, well, actually, no, I don't think she did because the ba- the big story was that uh Shakari Richardson wasn't an auto qualifier for the finals, so the way that they run it is that um basically there's three rounds, there's the prelims, the semifinals, and the finals, and from each of those rounds, the top, however many of each heat move on. But then they usually take two time qualifiers. So every heat runs, top two make it. But then out of everybody else, like aggregate, they take the next two fastest times that were ran in all of the heats. And those two athletes go. So Shakari Richardson made it out of the semis on time. So she was just like the next or the second next fastest outside of all of the auto qualifiers from each heat. Um, And then she... Got off to a pretty good start. So typically, that means like, yeah. typically Sorry. that means like, oh, you squeaked your way in, you barely made yeah. it. Like, congratulations, but your road kind of ends here. Yeah, but then here, Shakari Richardson, who is known for closing really fast, got off to a pretty good start, and then just absolutely like tore it up the last like forty meters and like ducked at the line for the win. So that was really really cool too, because apparently so richardson won (laughs) yeah it's never happened in history that somebody who was qualified on time won the championships never never ever that's insane and even after she's had such like an up and down i can't believe she won what did shelly and fraser price do um she i think she got third maybe I don't know, Sharika Jackson was up there. I think Sharika... Yeah, no, no, no. It was two Jamaicans and then Shakari. I think they got second and third. Um, wow. So that was insane. Um They were all... What did you bigger. say the time was? What did she run? It was... It was like 11. six five. I think. Which, like, Shelly Ann Fraser-Price and, Fraser and Sharika Jackson both ran. Um 10.65? Yeah. ten. Sorry, 10.65. 10. um Okay. So that's that's like a good time too. It's not like everyone else did bad, it's just she did that good. No, oh yeah, Sh- Shikari had a had a good uh PR for that race to win it. So that was pretty cool. Shikari. Um, Shikari. She also, um she's kinda had like, I don't know, with her confidence like reboot. Um, she used to wear like a bunch of like super duper long fake nails. Like she wore like fishnet leggings at different points. Like she always wore a big like wig. Crazy. She would yeah and giant lashes. She would always wear all this like um like very decorative uh, stuff. But then I think it was sometime this season, maybe at U.S. Champs or something else. She like was wearing like her classic big like wig. But then like on the start line, she like takes it off and tosses it. And everyone's just like, what? So then she was like not doing any of that this season. She was like all about business and then just taking care of stuff. So mm. So she was yeah, she was on a tear that's and it was really cool to see her win. Um so yeah, for me so far, these like cool finals of the sprints have just been like, Oh, those people who were supposed to win a few years ago are winning now. <laughs> like Yeah, that's really cool. So do you want to move on to the uh the four hundred meters now? Yeah, we can move on to the the men's 400. Um, I feel like there's not much going on in this one. My favorite storyline is Wade Wade Van Niekerk. So he's from uh, South Africa. And he, a lot of people know him, he broke the 400-meter world record in 2012 at the Olympics in Rio from lane 8, which was like a huge, crazy thing. Yeah. but then after that, he got injured in a celebrity rugby game? Yep. I think he tore his ACL or something. And yeah. then he's been like down and out for so long. But now, I think last year was his first year like back on the pro circuit. Mm-hmm. And he like didn't do anything spectacular, but we were like, okay, cool, he's back. Nice to have him back. And then this year, he's actually being like pretty competitive in his way up there. It looks like he has the fourth fastest time in the world this year going into world championships so we're like Mm -hmm. okay we know he's got a high ceiling he's he's getting reps in he's back to being like pro level status so it's just kind of like what can he do can he can he get back the old fire of the uh world record yeah the only other real storyline there is that uh uh, Steven Gardner, he's the reigning Olympic champion, but he actually lost the most recent world championships to Michael Norman, who Michael Norman's been kind of hit or miss. He's an American. And uh, Michael Norman was trying to switch to the 100, pull a Fred Curley maneuver, um, but then he wasn't having a lot of success. But then he was like, he had only been training for the 100. So then when he didn't make the 100 team, he was like, I'm not defending my 400 meter title. So then the reigning world track championship in the 400 isn't even competing so that's interesting as well yeah i think that's also amongst he was dealing with some other injuries that he's like when things aren't go, weren't going well he's like i'm scrapping this year because the olympics next year are more important yeah and like, it's I like could I, maybe push through yeah but i don't want to risk it which is another really interesting dynamic that comes with track is a lot of times your favorite athlete's Don't run just because they get injured or they want to save themselves for something more important. Which is kind of frustrating, but it can add to the drama a little bit. Yeah, so um, another thing that I just remembered was that uh, actually Fred Curley, I recently found out, he switched from the 400 because he said it was like too much stress on his Achilles or something. So it was like kind of load management, I guess, for him. But everyone was wondering why he did that. But then he was just mm-hmm. so successful that everyone was just like, I guess you made the right move. Um, yeah. But Resulting. Yeah. So moving on to the women's 400, there's some pretty cool storylines here. Um, Primarily from the American perspective with uh, Sydney McLaughlin-Levrone. Or is it Lebroni? Um She, you might know her because she's just like a larger than life 400 meter hurdle athlete who's who has absolutely rewritten the record book in that event. But uh, she is cool because she was so good at the 400 hurdles that she basically said, okay, I don't have any competition here, really. I'm moving to the flat 400 to see what I can do there. Um, so it's been interesting seeing her kind of get in shape for this event all season. Everyone, Nobody really knew what she was going to do because she was running hurdle times that would like get her through the rounds of flat 400, like times so just kind of weird stuff going on there but everyone's kind of assuming that at this point she's kind of the favorite um but she's like going up against people who've been running the 400 way longer so it's interesting to see Yeah, but then the unfortunate news that i do know going in is that she completely pulled out of the world championships right yeah she got hurt Yeah, so that's another, she's kind of in the same boat where she's like, kind of hurt, could push through, but not worth it, I'm out. Yeah. So now we don't don't get any Sydney this year, which is a real bummer, because she's like, kind of the star, at least from the U.S. perspective, of track and field right now. Well, it's like, it's weird because, um, we say it would have been nice to see Sydney because she's one of those people who's so, so good. Like, when Bolt was at his prime, it's like he would not run that many races. In a season, he would run mm-hmm. maybe four or so. So she's kind of at that echelon where she really only stands to lose things from racing a lot. Um, is, I guess, her perspective. Or like it's more like load management. Um, or just staying sharp for the right meets, I guess. It it frustrates a lot of people, including me. Because you want to see the best athletes run. But she's known for like peaking very well at the right times. So it's really frustrating to not get a global championship. Because it's one of three meets where we see her try really really hard in a year so yeah that was a big it was a big blow to the to the morale but you know yeah. say lobby yeah moving on from that we have the 800 meters the storyline with the men's 800 is that uh there's no one really good and no real standout uh person that might win it so it's just kind of a crap shoot mm-hmm. so not really much to talk about there yeah, um, I like Bryce Hopple, but we don't need to talk about it. Yeah, uh, women's eight hundred. Uh, you got a thing Mo? Is is she defending her eight hundred title? She's on the start list. Um, it was contentious yeah. as to whether or not she'd run it. Um, she was kind of looking at the four hundred too, I think. But basically, she like had one year where she was absolutely dominant. And nobody could touch her, and then she destroyed Undefeated, the, right? Yeah. Yeah. She was undefeated. She destroyed the world championship. She seemed like unbeatable in the eight hundred. The year after that, she seemed a little more vulnerable. She races a lot, which a lot of people love. I love it. Um but mm-hmm. then this other woman from the- Great Britain, Keely Hodgkinson. Sorry, were you gonna say something? Keely. Keely. Keely Hodgkinson, um, <laughs> she just kind of had a breakout season and then like sort of rose to contend with uh a Thing Mo's uh level. So now everyone's been wanting to see them go head to head because I think at the last championship, yeah, when they went head to head, a Think Mo barely edged out Keeley Hodgkinson. So they've been kind of neck and neck since then and we all are interested to see what goes on there. Yeah, then we have the fifteen hundred, which uh is slightly less than a mile for you US listeners. Um yeah. The men's 1500 is cool because you have Jakob Ingebrigtsen from Norway. And yeah. he is like, he's been pretty absolutely, not completely absolutely dominant, but basically completely pretty dominant. Much. Except for much the really weird dominant. occurrence, except for the weird occurrence that he did not win the world championships last year. He lost to, uh, what's his name, the British guy. Yeah, um, I forget his name which but i think he he was trying he was trying to double right in the 1500 and the 5k yeah which honestly in the distance events that's a lot more common is i feel like doubling but um yeah but it was really hard and he ended up not winning either and i think he was quoted saying i am the biggest loser of the, these world championships because no, he, he won, he won the other events. ones. and he's like did he yeah cuz remember he like laid down that insane kick and like absolutely obliterated the field with, he, like, laid down this kick from, like, three laps out. Like, he just started grinding everybody into the dust. And then when he won, they were just like, hey, what were you thinking, like, making that move, like, a half mile out? Or, like, three laps to go. And then he was quoted saying, I wanted everyone in the field to have no doubts as to who should have won that race. Like, and, like, he, yeah, he kind of sounds he's like... He's a really quotable guy, too. Yeah. He, like, so he's he's... He's kind of this, like, so if you've ever heard of Steve Prefontaine, it's, like, kind of uber competitive, um, really intense, but also he's not, like, not fun. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's, he's still a fun personality yeah. to watch, and, like, he's not a jerk. He's just really competitive and confident. Yeah, like, another quote from him is, it was really hot, I think, at the World Championships, or some other meet he was at. And they were like, hey, what do you think about this hot weather? And he goes, I mean, he's uh, English second language, so it's, he doesn't have perfect phrasing. But he goes, oh, uh, or I think they asked, like, what is... Uh, he said, like, how like, are you dealing oh, with hot the hot Hot weather conditions. is not bad. Hot weather... Yeah, and he's like, hot weather is not bad. Hot weather is happy weather. Yeah. <laughs> like he's just... So, like, he's kind of goofy, too, and he's pretty young. When's yeah. his uh, birthday? was September 2000. So he's only yeah, 23. So 23. 22 23 um yeah so and he's mm-hmm. um we i think we have a soft spot for him too because there's three Ingerbritsen brothers who are elite runners and he's the youngest and mm-hmm. fastest and they all they've been in like races together in like high five during the race like during the semifinals of this world championships um that Ingerbritsen basically sat at the very back of the pack and then last lap just obliterates everybody like, he just didn't want to get mm-hmm. caught up if somebody fell, and then last lap, he just takes everybody out. Um, but coming around the last curve, he's, like, hyping up the crowd, trying to get them to, like, cheer loud, and then he, like, yeah. goes and wins. He's so he's just, like, a showman yeah. and really fun what to watch. Else? Um, I'm pretty sure in Norway, too, it might have just been on YouTube, but there was a show or a series that was keeping up with the Ingebritsons. which really? is really cool. <laughs> that is pretty funny, actually. Yeah. Yeah, he's known for just like training so, no one can so keep hard. Up with them. Like, yeah, like they, he just like does two a day workouts, like just kind of trains the crap out mm-hmm. of himself. So, I mean, it's not like he doesn't work for yeah. it. Um, other big names in there, uh, Cole Hawker from the U.S. has always been good. Uh, Yared Nagoose is running the 1500. He's kind of like the big, um, like U.S. hope, I would say. He's the best in the U.S. Um... But yeah, other than that, um, that's pretty much all I know about the 1500. Well, well you yeah, also got to mention uh, Timothy Cherry, who's still in there, because before Jakob and Timothy Cherry was absolutely dominant and could yeah. not be beat. Um, and then it was close between them for a little bit, and now Jakob is pretty definitively taken over. But I feel like there's always that little bit of a question of like, oh, well, will Timothy Cherry pull something back out? You never yeah. know. Like weird things happen in these races because it can like go slow, it can go fast, and like a slow race favors somebody who can kick one lap really fast, and then a fast race favors somebody who's just really, really fit. Um, and in the championships, you particularly don't know which way it's going to go. Um, so And then like random people can get like boxed in and not be able to make moves. So those are always fun to watch for those reasons. Um, mm-hmm. The women's fifteen hundred right. has been stacked for years. Yeah, it's, been so it's good. always good. Yeah, um, it's like it's been a thing in recent years, like the last two or three, where there's like enough really good guys. Like uh, you got Stewie McSwain from Australia. You got, um, well, Britson, You had Chariot, You had, um, just basically like five or six guys who, if the race started to go slow, any one of them would just like kind of realize, hey, I'm fit. I, I should just take this out. And, like, there were so many people who were willing to just, like, charge ahead that all the races were fast and crazy and fun. And it's been that way in the women's 1500 for, like, a decade. It's just been so fun. Um, But the big people to watch there, um, Faith Kipiegon. She's, like, the even more dominant than Britson for the women. So everyone's just kind of assuming Faith Kipiegon's going to take it um yeah she got the world record earlier this season right yeah she got like three world records in two months i think she got the 1500 the mile and the five so it's just yeah so she's like clearly the best and kind of at the top of her game right now so it's just kind of a how fast can she go what can she do kind of thing yeah um but then there's still some other interesting names um so you got uh Muir is like They call her Our Laura in uh, Great Britain because they all love track, but also she's really fun to watch. Um, Funny enough, though, people might not know this, um, Great Britain is famously very hard on their athletes. Like, if they do bad, they're really angry, and if they do well, they're really happy. Um, And then they also do this thing where if they don't think their person can win or, like, do well at the championships, they won't send them, even if they qualify, which is just insanely frustrating and stupid. Just absolutely ignorant. <laughs> yeah. So that's just, I don't know. That's yeah, ridiculous. But I mean, it's kind of like how we treat some of our professional athletes. It's like if a quarterback has a bad day, we're like, what the hell were you doing out there? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like that. Yeah, I guess. But anyhow, um, other big stories that I, I had one. Oh, uh, Sifana San is just a cool athlete that um is always fun to watch. She, uh, she just races I don't think a ton. I think she's going to... Sc- I'm pretty sure she's going to scratch out of the 1500, though. So a lot of times people will enter into a bunch of races without, just so that they have the option, and then Mm -hmm. they'll kind of make their decision once they get there what they actually want to do. And I think what people are thinking is that uh, Sifan Hassan is actually going to do the 10k marathon double. Yeah, because she's a marathoner these days. a fun storyline. Yeah. She, uh... She did She a triple at the last world championships, I think. Or maybe before that. I'm not sure. But basically, doubling at the world stage is insane. Like, it's always a big deal when people do that. And then she decided, I'm going to do the 1500, 5K, and 10K at this world Champ- um, championships. And see. Because she was just, she had such I a think, dominant year. I think that was at the Olympics. Because I think she did that at the Olympics. Because then last year at the world championships, we were like, she's still tired from her triple last year. Yeah. so that was crazy we were all really excited she ended up meddling in all three of those so she was just at the top of her Mm -hmm. game really um and then yeah she's just she's just a fun athlete to watch because she races a ton and she she obviously loves competing um but brian jay from the future can tell you that she did not scratch out of the 1500 (laughs) really yeah so she was like what's her game plan spoiler alerts yeah spoiler alert (laughs) Um, so the race goes off, and immediately Faith Kipyegeon takes the lead because she's so much faster than everybody. But then um San tacks onto the back of the pack, and is just following along until because mm-hmm. she loves doing that. Um, but then in the last lap, uh, Sifan San just like sort of mows down the whole field, gets up right by Faith Kipyegeon, yeah, and then she's trying to kick away, but then like. With 150 left, Faith Kipyegon just, like, leaves everybody, and then I think one person passed Safana San. So Safana San got bronze in the 1500, which is insane. Oh, wow. <laughs> because she okay. has no business being good at the 1500 and the marathon at the same time, and there are, like, five people that everyone thinks probably would have gotten a medal ahead of Safana San. but she just is, she gets it done, man. She's good at championships. Yeah. That's the amazing thing about her is she is good at every single race between the 800 and the marathon, which is like unheard of.
1: Yeah, that's why. Like
0: that is so so difficult to do. Yeah, but uh, so that's cool. Anyhow, Brian, right, so we're uh... on to men's 5K. Yeah, men's 5K. I have nothing to say about. Yeah, I know less and less getting further into these. I mean, it's a lot of the same characters from the 1500 a lot of the time. And it's exciting for the same reasons. Yeah, it looks, like Jakob, it looks like Jakob Ingebrigtsen has entered here. Yeah. But he, interestingly, has not run a 5K yet this year. Really? <laughs> he, oh, yeah. He doesn't have a Seasons Brian. Best listed here. How? Yeah, he would have had to win the World Championships then, because otherwise he wouldn't be in it. Right. You're right. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyhow. But, yeah, you kind of have, like, a, a rotating group of people who might win it on any given year. So... Yeah. Um there's that. Anything in the t- women's five K that's interesting? Um, yeah. So I didn't see her in the fifteen hundred. I don't know if she um uh didn't um compete or if she didn't make it. But um Latenzebet Gaday, which first of all guys, if you were seeing the spellings of these names, we've heard them for so long that we can pronounce them, but I'm just proud of us for knowing this many, like, foreign names. Um I know, right? But Latenza Day, I love watching her because she... Well, one, she's kind of at the top of her game now, too. So she's been like really fast for a few years, but she's kind of made another jump up lately. But to me, she's the kind of athlete who hates it when races go slow and won't let them go slow. Partially because she's not that great at kicking. But um, I just love watching her race because of one race that I saw. It was the 10,000, and it was the year that uh, Hassan was doing the triple and basically Hassan knew that she could outkick kick um, Gade. So then Gade knew that too. So then it was all on Gade to set a pace that would run the kick out of Hassan's legs by the end. And hopefully build up like a gap maybe even. Um, but then Hassan just stays on her. And then like in this latter half of the race... Like she's just ratcheting up the pace hoping to drop Hassan. And Hassan just won't leave her alone... And then at one point, like, you can tell Gade is starting to panic and, like, get frustrated. So then she's, like, trying to wave on Hassan, like, hey, why don't you lead for a little while? Because in running, especially those distance races, like, drafting off of people is a pretty big deal. Like, you don't want to be very much in the front. Um, so then Hassan's just like, no, I'm not going to take the lead. Like, why would I do that? Like, I obviously have the better kick. Yeah. So then... <laughs> Um, they just ran a like wicked fast time all out kind of on their own and then eventually uh Hassan just kicked around Gday and won and it was like pretty frustrating for Gday i think but then she's just been tearing it up since then so i always love watching her mm-hmm. run especially in relation to Hassan and then Faith Kepieg on super fast too so it's always fun to watch those folks and then yeah. she, but she's more of a 5'10 cool. person she's not really a 15 runner as much and I think mm. she's ran a marathon or a half. She ran marathons this season too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't really have anything to say about the men's or women's 10k that hasn't been said already. Yeah, five and 10k kind of go together. Um, I don't really have anything to say marathon wise either. Steeplechase, we don't really follow that much. Wait, is uh, is Kipchoge in the marathon? He's got I don't be, care right? about these anymore. <laughs> No, he am not run. seeing I'm scrolling a lot F, of names right. here <laughs> I don't see how many people are entered in this marathon? yeah I don't see him. anyways we don't need to talk about it we got yeah. steeplechase yeah I got nothing I feel like there's some stories here oh really? But I mean the men's steeplechase was just like laughably horrible last year yeah but El Bacali is really good yeah And he's kind of emerged as the de facto leader there, but there are a lot of people that can challenge him, so that'll be a fun race to watch. Yeah. Um. And then we have hurdles. I I've never been that interested in hurdles. I know Grant Holloway is really cool and fun, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. Do you have Do you have words about him? Uh, not really. I mean, um, Grant Holloway. He has like a winning streak in the sixty meter hurdles that goes back to like when he was like fifteen. And now he's like 23 or something. <laughs> um, but he's just a fun athlete to watch. He won world championships in 2019 off of a collegiate season, which is rare. Um, and at one point he was kind of close to threatening the world record, but he's not really there yet anymore. And if he, he was if he was still close to threatening the record, he'd be destroying everybody. But now he's not that close, so it's kind of a tighter race with them. But I think that's about it. Yeah. Um, yeah anything on women's hurdles um 100 meter hurdles. Hurdles. Uh, kenny harrison is uh really fun to watch in the 110 hur- or the 100 hurdles for women um i think camacho quinn is also uh cool to watch oh toby amusan I think she was well, pending AIU process. Well, what's the storyline, Jay, though? I, I need a storyline. I don't know a lot of the stories, man. I just know names for this one. Um, oh, there's a little chipmunk outside my window looking at me. Hey, buddy. Um, there's one uh, athlete who is, like, well, pending here... a review board of, like, uh, potential suspension due to substances. Um, and, actually, I do know that she is in now. Like, she got approved to run. So, okay. that was cool. Cool. Um, 400 hurdles. This is a super-duper long episode, dude. Nobody's... Gonna, <laughs> this is gonna be rough. <laughs> but, uh... Anyhow. 400-meter uh, hurdles men's. This is... This is a really good storyline, though. Yeah. You wanna lay it So on in me? this, you have what people have been referring to over the past few years as the big three. So you have Karsten Warholm from Norway. You have Rye Benjamin from the U.S., and you have Allison Dos Santos from Brazil. And these three guys are all like so far ahead of where the world record used to be. Like, yeah. I think there was one race, I forget if it was last year or two years ago, but they all broke the previous world record yeah, in the which, same race. Which Carson Warholm had already broken. So, like, it was already faster than the previous one. And then they all re broke that record yeah. with Carson Warholm at the lead, like, shattering his own record. Yeah yeah, so Carson Warholm is kind of at the lead of this pack, and he is just a character. He's like beating on his chest, screaming at the start line, like really hypes himself up, and then yeah. is like an all out, like runs super hard, leaves nothing on the track. So he's yeah. incredible. And then Rye Benjamin and Allison dos Santos are kind of like for a while seemed evenly matched against him. So it was like insane to watch these people run like world record caliber times every time and be neck and neck. It was just incredible track to watch. Mm-hmm. Carson Warholm kind of pulled away, set the world record at a point that's pretty far out there now. Mm-hmm. Um but then last year at the World Championships, uh he had some nagging injuries but still chose to run. And I think Rye Benjamin was there too, or did he get injured and pull out? Um so either way. Carson Warholm Carson Warholm actually did injure a hamstring, came back from it, and then was um trying like to make a championship run but wasn't quite back yet. Mm-hmm. Um so he didn't win. Rye Benjamin got the championship over him. And mm-hmm. then Or wait no Dos Santos Dos Santos won. Yeah. So right. last year of this big three, Dos yeah. Santos won the world championship. And he was like elated because I don't think Brazil has mm-hmm. a lot of like gold medals to their name. Um but he was going nuts. So oh, then no. now we <laughs> this year still have the big three Santos, who won the world championships last year, um, tore his meniscus midseason and has rehabbed, come back, and s- seems to be running pretty well. Which, in beating a big three yeah. to see who's got it, what's gonna happen? Yeah, yeah. It'll be the first time we've had all three of these guys in quite some time. Yeah, so it's really cool and really exciting. Yeah. Um, high jump. Who cares? Um, long jump. Don't know that much. Triple jump. Don't know that much. Uh, shot put. Ryan Crouser's insane. Um, discus. Valerie Allman's really cool. Uh, but yeah, I think Did that's pretty much. Do you want to much... skip over the women's 400-meter hurdles? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's kind of a bummer, but there's some cool stories there. Basically, um, with Sydney mclaughlin Lavroni gone from the 400 hurdles... Um, it was Femke Bol from the Netherlands yeah um she was it's basically like Femke Bol and Sydney McLaughlin were like far and away better than like everybody um so with Sydney McLaughlin gone uh it's really just wide open for Bull to take it um that's pretty much the only storyline i really have for that okay um other notable people i know for pole vault you have Mondo Duplantis who is like uh slowly just notching up the world record a little bit by little bit so anytime he comes out to compete you might see a world record jay and i actually got to see him at world championships in person last year Mm -hmm. and i know he's like so much better than everyone else that's competing right now but to see the world's best best athletes kind of like struggling over a bar to qualify for finals and then you see mondo walk up and just makes it look like absolute child's play yeah. Like he's not even trying. Like he careened over this bar like it was insane. Like he is yeah. so good at what he does. Uh, then so. the other person I for Oh. Um the other person will mention is for Shot Put you have Ryan Krauser, who I'm is also sorry. rewriting the world records, rewriting the entire like top ten ever list. It's like so for shot put you get six throws and you score your farthest throw. But in any competition, he'll have, like, three of his throws be in the top ten all-time list of throws. So, like, soon, soon enough, the entire top ten list is going to be just Ryan Krauser, which is insane. Um, but then also, he's a, he has a couple people, yeah. like Joe Kovacs, sometimes will sneak in there and beat him if he has a good day, and Ryan Krauser has a little bit of an off day. So it's, like, good as uh, he yeah. is, it's still not a given that he'll win. And I think the last that was I, think I think say about. I oh, okay. Well, mm-hmm. i'm like i'm like losing you entirely <laughs> um but anyhow uh did you i want to talk a little bit more about pole vault if you can still hear me um because mondo duplantis awesome athlete but also he was recently upset by sam kendricks oh i forgot so about that that's kind of exciting Yeah, Uh, but I mean, like, really it would take uh, Duplantis, like, messing up big time. I'm looking at the star list, and, like, by the PRs, um, Mondo is, like, 20 centimeters or more ahead of everybody. That's insane. So, just imagine, like, (laughs) yeah, it's, like, basically half a foot at the world stage. It's just wild. Because they go up by, like, five centimeters each time. I don't know. Anyhow, so that's pretty crazy. Um, And then I think that's all I have to say for any of these events. Yep, I'm good, so you can close our on off. All right, sorry uh, this was a long one. Just thank you for indulging us. We wanted to try this out. Let us know if you loved it or hated it. Um, Let us know if you watch any of these events and how you digest them. Email in. Um, But you can email in at weeklywilsonpod at gmail.com. Or you could send us a message or a comment on our Instagram account at Weekly Pod on Instagram. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening this week, and we hope to see you again soon. But until the end of next week, unless otherwise noted, my name is Jay Wilson. His name is Brian Wilson. And this has been the Weekly Wilson. Scoop-ba-do, beep ba Scoop, 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 Didn't want to do the, uh, the Diamond League theme song? did you yeah dun maybe i'm oblivious